I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. We all have self-doubt now and then, but chronic insecurity is a destructive pattern that'll sabotage your relationships with everyone from your partner to your friends, coworkers, and of course, even with yourself. The big mistake I see in dealing with insecurity is that people think about it all wrong. We say things like, I'm insecure, but being insecure isn't a personality trait, it's a habit of thought. And any habit can be changed with some intention and attention. With this different approach and the new tools I'll teach you today, the new habits you'll learn today, you'll be able to create a more secure feeling in your life and your relationships. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven. With over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships, which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Abby Metcalf. I am recording today a little later in the day. I usually do this sort of first thing in the morning, but I just had a nice walk. I was outside and met with some clients today and I am I was just feeling it. I'm like, let's go record. So uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see that it looks a little darker in my office because I had to put up all the shades because um, the light is in here at a different angle. But anyway, and how is 2022 treating you so far? How are you feeling? I think we all know it has to be better than the previous year. So so I'm excited. I'm recording this before the new year, but I'm going to be all about it uh, in 2022. And so I have 
a little favor I'd like to ask, and that is, and I promise I'll jump right in, but I need to learn how people are finding out about the podcast. How I need to know how you heard about it. If everybody who listens to this could just email me, and I don't care if you listen to this three months after the fact, you know, when it's released, I'd still would like to hear from you. You can email me, please, at Abby at abbymedcalf.com. You can go to the website and go to the contact page and do it there. And all you could even do it in the subject line if you want. I heard about the podcast through, you know, uh, word of mouth or, you know, social media. And even if you say social media, if you can tell me, was it Instagram? Was it, you know, Facebook? Was it something else? Or uh, maybe I was on another podcast. If you could just let me know, it would be so hugely, hugely helpful. I have actually never advertised the podcast before. Um, and I know we've grown internationally without without a moment of advertising. I think most of you are getting this word of mouth, but I don't know if I'm really wrong. So I'd really like to hear. It would be, you know, I'm I'm happy to be giving, and and I'm. It's one of those, you know, don't make me Jewish mother guilt you. Okay, I'd like you to do something for me, and this is what I would like you to do. So please, please take a minute when you're done. And just email me so quick. Go to the website, abby at abbymedcalf.com, either one, and just send me, here's how I heard about the podcast. You know, this is how. That's it. And uh, that's it. Thank you so much. So lots of people have written in about feeling insecure in their relationships. And I just, you know, I was going to do kind of an Ask Dr. Abby about it, but I realized I just got to do a whole podcast about it. So I have four habits to stop being insecure. And I'm going to share in a moment. But first, I really want to talk about, because uh, people are, were asking in their questions, you know, where the heck does insecurity even come from? Like, why am I this way? And there are a ton of theories. And as with most things, I personally, I kind of think it's a perfect storm. I think it's a combination of a few things that bring us to the point of being chronically insecure. And, you know, some of the more common reasons are certainly how you were parented. And that could be something that was maybe situational, uh, you know, not living somewhere safe, obviously, or having an absent parent or an, uh, a parent dying suddenly or an alcoholic parent or uh, something like that. Or maybe you were constantly compared to your sibling or a neighbor. Maybe you had a learning disability and were terrified at school. You know, all of those can make a person feel insecure as a kid. And then that can obviously translate into what happens as you're, you know, how you're talking to yourself as an adult. And of course, related to how you're parented and the thing you probably have heard the most about if you've looked this up before is that you might have developed what's called, you know, an anxious uh, attachment style. It's one of the insecure attachment styles. And I did a whole wonderful podcast on attachment styles that I will link to in the show notes. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but that could be why, you know, uh, you're insecure in your adulthood. And the other thing I see a lot are sometimes a major life event happens. You know, you could have uh, been the victim of a violent crime, um, could have been a parent's divorce at a critical time in your life, or some significant betrayal that kind of rocks your world, and you end up feeling very insecure. And again, that starts to translate into your relationships. So, and like I said, I think it's often a combination of these things, but uh it, what I can tell you is this, that while, yes, all these things from your past definitely could be true, could be all of them, one of them, none of them, and explain why you're insecure, your present insecurity 
thoughts and habits are why you're insecure now. So it's it's not because of this thing that happened 20 years ago or 10 years ago or two years ago or two months ago. It's because of what's happened since then and what you've the habits of thought you've created from that time. So, you know, taking time to blame your parents or your, you know, ex ex-husband or your ex-girlfriend isn't going to help you move from where you are to where you want to be. And and I'll tell you that you know, in my experience, this happens a lot, clients will want to spend a lot of time trying to get to the root of why they're a certain way. And you know, don't get me wrong, I do I do a background with clients, of course. It can be very helpful to understand ourselves and to really not as an excuse, but as an explanation, right? You know, to explain, oh, this is why I do it this way. No wonder this happens, right? But at some point, I just think that becomes like mental masturbation. I really do. You know, I've had clients before who just wanted to keep going back over it. Yeah, but why do you really? And why do you? And it's like, at some point, so what, you know, not so what, I don't want to belittle our past, but you you got to get past that and go cuz it is and here i am so and get on board with what you're thinking and doing now no matter the reason or where it comes from that's what's giving you the results you see in your life that's what's happening so and you so you might be thinking right now that the reason you're insecure is because of someone else you might be saying that right now to yourself i'm insecure because you know, my boyfriend never tells me I'm beautiful. Uh, I'm insecure because I'm in a long distance relationship. I get a lot of those emails. I'm insecure at work because my boss fires people even when they're doing a good job. I just heard that recently. So, and I'm not saying that other people can't, you know, fan the flames of your insecurity, but, but I am here to tell you that your insecurity is about you and your thinking. Don't blame your insecurity on anyone else. This is about you. If I thought it was helpful to blame other people for your insecurity, I would say have at it. You know, I'd go, oh, let's just let's just sit around and think of lists of people to blame for the reason you're insecure. And let's think of all the reasons why. Again, it's 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 not gonna help you. You're insecure really because of your habitual thoughts and actions. That's what's going on right now. So maybe you constantly compare yourself to others. Um, you might judge your decisions, your you know words, your actions really harshly. You know that really harsh inner critic. Uh, you might think you'll never measure up. You believe I'm never going to measure up. You, I see a lot. You believe that someone else's opinions about your life and decisions are more important than your own. <laughs> like you give them more credit. You you teach yourself through these thoughts that you matter less than others. So of course you're insecure. If everyone else is more worthy than you, yeah, I guess so. Uh, oh, this one I hear all the time makes me crazy. Th- this fear uh, that you'll you'll never find a partner or, or I'll never find another job. Um, sometimes it's this belief that you're not okay unless you're in a relationship. Uh, the I think actually, you know what? The most common one is something like, this belief, this thinking that you'll never find someone better than who you're with right now. You know, I'm never going to find anyone better. This is it. This is my only shot at love. This is my soulmate. I can't give up that kind of thing. And really, I think a lot of them boil down to this belief that if you make a mistake, it's going to somehow ruin your life. Like one decision is going to ruin your life or that 
It's going to blow it apart. And I, I mean, I think that all relates or all kind of sums up to this feeling that you're this belief that you're not worthy of love and that'll, you know, or, or good things or success. And that, of course, will create a lot of insecurity. So all those things right, are, are all these, again, thought, patterns of belief, patterns of thought. And that's all a belief is, is a, is a thought you've had over and over that are getting, getting in the way and creating insecurity for you. Okay, so there's a, a lot of signs of insecurity in your relationships. And what I have found, it's interesting, I'll tell this like a client, I'm like, oh, you're, you know, you're acting really insecure about this. And they're thinking, I'm not insecure. And yet they are. And so I do, you know, there's, so, so some people are insecure, right? You don't realize you're insecure, but, and you might know you are, so that's fine. But I want to really talk about, um, what, you know, what these signs are, you know, common signs of insecurity. So you can be really clear of yourself and when you see it coming at you, maybe from a partner or a friend or someone else. So, uh, to me, the, probably the most common sign of insecurity is jealousy. Um, that, that is nothing more. What do I say all the time? Take, don't take jealousy as a compliment, take it as a warning, you know, as soon as that shows up and that could be jealousy of another person that could be jealousy, you know, like with your partner or something, or that could be um, jealousy of uh, what other people have, um, you know, and, and just sort of knocking them down. And what usually happens is a lot of accusing in there, you know, accusing behavior when you, when you're jealous and think something's going on. Um, another sign, common sign is, is the fear of losing something, losing your partner, your job, your, your position in the family, your reputation, you know, this fear of losing. Uh, another one I see a lot is these constant trust issues. That's only about insecurity. And they usually show up with, usually, I'll talk about like with a partner, you know, if, if it's, we're talking about insecurity of partner versus like at work or somewhere else, it shows up by a lot of snooping, questioning where they've been, checking up on them, asking for access to their emails or their phone or, you know, checking their social media. Um, at work that could show up, you know, as not believing your boss really likes your work, even though, you know, they told you that they do or, <laughs> or, uh, I had this the other day with someone, they thought a coworker was out to get them, even though when I asked some questions, it actually seemed like this coworker had their back. Uh, and I will say too, you know, and that's what was happening here. These trust issues can morph into kind of paranoia when your insecurity is really like, if you're losing your, you know what, like that's what happens. So, uh, what else? What other, other signs are, oh, not speaking your true thoughts and feelings, you right? Uh, at work, this can mean, you know, never giving your input at a meeting, uh, never, you know, raising your hand at school, in your personal relationships, it can mean never telling your mother or your partner or your friend what you really want, need, or feel. Another really common sign of insecurity is asking for constant reassurance. You know, uh, I see this with people asking their partners, you know, do you love me? Is she prettier than me? Are you cheating? Why do you like me anyway? Um, at work, it can sound like, you know, did you really like how I did this? Uh, are you sure I'm not getting fired? Can you tell me what you like about what, you know, what I did with this project? Um, all of those can be signs 
another common sign I think in a relationship is not wanting to be alone and, you know, constantly reaching out always, if you're not with your partner, you're on the phone or you're with somebody or you're on social media, like this idea of being alone and being with yourself, you're just very insecure about it. Uh, another way insecurity shows up is trying to control your partner or someone else, you know, trying to control who your partner spends time with or how they spend their time or trying to control, uh, at work that could be trying to control information. Like who's talking about you? What are they saying? You know, that kind of stuff. Um, and probably the last way I see, uh, insecurity showing up a lot is with some, you know, obviously like clinginess, neediness, you know, all that fear-based grasping um, for approval and reassurance and that kind of thing. So all of those are symptoms of insecurity. I know it's a lot of fun. Some, and I know, I know somebody out there is listening right now going, I have all those, uh, and it's okay. You don't feel bad about it. It's worth, it's bad enough to feel bad, but when you feel bad about feeling bad, that re- that's, come on, cut it out, cut it out. That's not why we're here. <laughs> it's not why we're here. We're here to raise our consciousness and get real, get self-aware and then we're here to to help fix it, you know, to work on things, to grow, right? So that's that's what I'm doing. That's that's the love. All right. So let's go to the four habits for getting past insecurity. Okay. Because again, this is these are patterns of thought you're having, and these are new habits you have to create to get out of being insecure all the time. And the first one, for sure, is to make it a habit to focus on now, to focus on your present. You can't be happy now if you're always worried about the future or regretting the past or whatever. And I know, and I don't want to hear it. I don't want to, la la la. I don't want to hear it that you're sick of me talking about being mindful and staying in the present moment. I don't care. Uh Uh-uh. No, I don't care. I stay with love. I do not care you're sick of that because I know your happiness depends on it. I am telling you, I can't say it enough and I'm never giving up on you. I love you. I am not giving up. So you have to work on that mindfulness. And because here's the deal, okay? You, you feel insecure when you think about it, if you really break it down. You feel insecure because you feel threatened even though I would say 99.9% of the time, there's no real danger. There's, there's nothing really threatening you, but you know, you think you are. And when you focus on being in the moment and how you feel in this very, very moment, you realize that you're fine. You're safe. You're okay. You're okay in the moment. So there's no need to feel threatened. I don't have to feel threatened right now. Nothing is literally happening right this minute. <laughs> you know, it's not. You're, you know, what do I say? Your anxiety, your insecurity, they're lying to you. It's your and it's so sad because it's your insecurity that's sabotaging your job or your relationship. That's what's happening. It happens a lot. Um, trying to think of a good example. You're, let's say you're insecure in your relationship. This is I see this all the time. And you're you worry that your partner will cheat on you. So you're constantly checking up on them. But what happens is that constant scrutiny causes fights, right? You're in fights all the time. And you end up breaking up or or you're always scrutinizing them and you're always after them and accusing them of things. So, and they get miserable in the relationship with you. And then they do go somewhere else to, <laughs> to look for love because you're being unbearable. I say with love. So th- that can happen. Or maybe you're so insecure with your, uh, this. I see, you know, you're so insecure with your partner. You're so afraid of what might happen that you don't tell them your real needs about something, whatever it is. 
And what happens is, and I talk about this a lot, they pick up on that deception because that's what it is. It's a deception. You're lying. I mean, by omission. And they end up feeling frustrated because they, they know that you're hiding something and, and it really, and they're talking to you and you're like, no, I'm fine. And doing all that. And this causes, of course, a breakdown in communication. It causes a breakdown in closeness. It all that. So, so it ends up to me being a self-fulfilling prophecy that you're this thing you're so worried about ends up coming to, you know, coming to bear because you've literally created it. Um, and I know you don't want to hear that, but again, I love you and I'm going to speak the truth. So I do have my free mindfulness starter kit. I have it on the, you know, right. I'll link to it in the show notes, abbymedcalf.com. Go right to the podcast page. You can find it in the show notes. There's always a corresponding blog. Like I always say, you could find it there with all kinds of other information and links, <sighs> however you want to do it. But just start being mindful. Start working on it. Um, let's talk about other examples, though. Uh, let's say you're insecure at work. I, I, I'm thinking about a client recently. And she was so insecure at work and so worried about losing her job that she stopped kind of doing her job. She wasn't offering new ideas. She wasn't taking risks. She wasn't speaking in meetings because she was so worried. She was so, you know, uptight. She was so insecure. Like, everyone's smarter than me. Uh, everyone else has better ideas. Oh, yeah, the things that came out of her mouth. It's such a bright, fabulous person, too. Uh, she was always checking for reassurance from her boss and from her coworkers, and it was literally driving them crazy. So, and she, it was so much that she had it on her <laughs> uh, uh, her 360 evaluation from a few people mentioned that, you know, I'll call her Jane, uh, is is kind of anxious and is always looking for, is looking for feedback too often. That's literally what it got said multiple times by different people in her company. So that drives people nuts and they stop kind of trusting you. And the And what was happening with this client was she was taking on, she got really burned out because she wasn't saying no because she was so insecure. So she kept taking on too much at work. She wasn't drawing boundaries. And then she really did start to do a poor job because she was taking on too much. Nobody could do everything she was doing. So she wasn't being great at any one thing. She, you know, here she is thinking it's also obviously her people pleasing, which is also part of the insecurity. And, but and she actually, and that was the reason that we, you know, she came into therapy to begin with is because she got a bad review and she'd been getting good reviews her first few years when she was kind of younger at the job and, you know, sort of hungry and, you know, asking things. But once she started getting kind of moved up, she started getting more nervous. Uh, you know, I think a little of that imposter syndrome took over. I did a whole podcast episode on that. You can go uh, look at that. But uh, anyway, and again, self-fulfilling prophecy. She actually created it. So. This worry about the future, oh, let me say before I go there, you might not just be worried about a future loss. Maybe you're spending too much time focused on on past mistakes, you know, re regretting decisions and bringing them up constantly, bringing up the past constantly. And this becomes a problem too, because your partner, you know, again, your friends, your coworkers, they get sick of not moving forward and eventually become tired or frustrated with you. You've had this. And then and again, self-fulfilling, you see what you're fearing showing up and you think you were right to be afraid in the first place, but you're not, you were just creating this. I know. And remember, we also had that thing called uh, self, uh, the confirmation bias where we're really, um, 
we we see proof of what we believe, right? So we we really end up falling victim to this. It's just it becomes a mess. So <laughs> you really have to be careful. Um, the bottom line is that all that energy you you're devoting to worrying about the future or being depressed about the past, all that energy is in the wrong place. You should be putting that energy in the present. You know, in your present, what's happening. So start a new habit of being in the here and now and putting your energy into the now of your relationships. Like what's happening right now? What's going on right this minute? Okay. So that's, that's habit number one you have to start. Habit number two is you need to make self-compassion a habit. And of course, I've talked about this quite a bit on the podcast. Uh, again, I'll link, I'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, and psychologist, you know, Kristen Neff, she's kind of the reigning queen of self-compassion research. And she was really the first person to operationally define the term self-compassion so we could measure it and study it. So I love her work because, you know me, I like the research. I don't just like the airy-fairy stuff. I want to know, does this work? And she says that self-compassion is about relating to ourselves kindly as we are flaws and all. That that's her kind of definition of it. You know, when we're compassionate, when we're self-compassionate, when you're self-compassionate, you're able you're able to really see the difference between making a bad decision and being a bad person. You understand, you know, that your worth isn't conditional on a situation or something you said or thoughts you have. And so learning to be self-compassionate is key if you want to have, you know, close collaborative relationships, right? It again, be that work, be that personal life, wherever that is. And again, I did a whole podcast on this, but uh, episode on this, but I did a whole podcast on this. I didn't do a whole podcast. I did an episode on it. This it's all the same podcast. I don't I know you're laughing at home saying, "Why does she keep saying that?" Um <laughs> you have to forgive me. So, but I do want to say this uh, quickly that Neff, in her research, she outlines these three core components to self-compassion, which I think are really important. I just want to go over them right now. One is self-kindness, and that's just the idea that, you know, is that we treat ourselves as we would a best friend, you know, that we treat ourselves with understanding, with compassion, with patience, uh, with empathy, with gentleness, instead of, you know, being critical and judgmental. And, and, and I, I, I said to a client the other day, I said, you're a mean girl with yourself. Like she's so loving and kind, but with herself, she's like a mean girl. Uh, so we want to get out of right all of that. So that's, that's the first thing. The second thing is, uh, that Neff identifies for self-compassion is recognizing our common humanity. And that means that when you really see that we all have struggles, you're not so different. and when you feel connected on that level with others, instead of feeling isolated, you can really start to build your self-compassion because you're not just being mean to yourself. You know, you're realizing it's all these people and this, again, this compassion you have for others, you can have for yourself. And again, we all have struggles. You're, you're not a unicorn. It's not, um, so stop thinking, you know, how, how am I different than others? It's how am I the same as others? How is this the same as what other people go through? Our struggles connect us. They don't distance us from others. They connect us. You know how that feels when you feel like someone has, you know, been in that with you, done, gone through that with you. We do it a lot in the rooms, 12-step rooms. You know, 
we share our experience, strength, and hope. You know, we talk about our stories. It feels good to be in a room of recovering addicts because we know that people, and I got to tell you, I've been in rooms with like homeless people, with, you know, clearly people with tons of money, with, you know, people who don't work outside the home, with people who have high flying jobs. I, I've been in the rooms with everybody and we have these things in common. It's, a, it's an amazing commonality, you know, unifier. And that's part of the comfort. That's part of the comfort. And it's part of how you don't beat up on yourself by realizing that, you know, there's a common humanity here and you're part of it. And then the third piece is the mindfulness, which I already talked about. You know, don't ignore your pain, but don't exaggerate it either. You know, again, be in the moment with what's real. If you're in your moments, if you're mindful, you can really uh, think about how you're feeling in a very uh, productive way. Uh, as opposed to the other. And I'm going to recommend that you check out my loving kindness meditation, start practicing that. That's, I think it's one of the easiest ways to work on your self-compassion. I really do. I think it's a, if you're looking for low-hanging fruit, uh, I'll link to it in the show notes, again, in my blog. It's on YouTube if you want to do a search, loving kindness, you know, Abby Medcalf, uh, you'll find it, meditation. Uh, it's about 10 minutes, I think, maybe 12, something like that. But uh, it's a guided visualization is really what it is, and I highly recommend it. It's it's a script that everybody uses. It's not like I made I made it up, you know, from like I invented loving kindness meditation, but um, but it it's uh, again, there's a lot of good research about it, and we know that these really work. So I would tell you to go check that out. All right. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. How are we doing? Are we good? <laughs> All right. Let me, you know what? I'm going to take a sip of water. Hold on with me. Oh, no, I'm not editing that out. You can hang with it. Okay. Habit number three is make improving your self-esteem a habit. That's that's number three, make improving your self-esteem a habit. And you can, you know, we call it all kinds of things, right? Positive self-regard, self-love, but you know, self-esteem is really about having basically a good opinion of yourself. It, it, again, it means you don't exaggerate your good qualities, but you also don't exaggerate your bad qualities and that you appreciate, you know, who you are in the world. Again, warts and all, it, it really relates, of course, to the self-compassion. And your self-esteem, of course, develops from really, again, like one of those perfect storms again, you know, your, your temperament that you're born with, this family of origin, your life experiences, the big ones, the small ones, and they all come together and, you know, they really shape how you see yourself. And 
working on your self-esteem, you know, working on how you see yourself is uh, huge. And I'll tell you that um, one of my favorite books and one of my gurus and actually who I named my son after, Max, um, uh, one of the best books I ever read was uh, and changed my life was Psycho-Cybernetics, the weirdest name I know by Maxwell Maltz. Although I did name my Max just Max, not Maxwell, but uh, and he he wrote this book, Psycho Cybernetics, totally changed my life. But and in it he says, low self esteem is like driving through life with your handbrake on. <laughs> I love that with your emergency brake on, so good because that's what happens when you're not paying attention to it. So you know, learning ways to boost your self confidence and self esteem definitely a game changer. Again, I know you'd be shocked to hear I did a whole episode on this, so you can. Go listen if you want. But next time you're in a situation where you're feeling insecure, I'm going to give you a little thing right now to do. Like, right, because you know me, you don't always have to go back. You can hear it right now. It's a really quick exercise. I do it sometimes when I'm just beating up on myself because we all get there. Me too. Nobody's perfect. And it will really kind of boost your self esteem. It's so quick and create and really create a more realistic and grounded view of what's actually happening in something. So, and all you do is you write down a list of what you bring to a situation or a relationship or whatever it is that you're feeling um, insecure about. That That's all you do. That's what you do. So if you're about to work on a work project and you're thinking, um, oh, I suck. Everyone's smarter than me. Why even bother? I'm so nervous. I hope I don't say something stupid. You know, again, bad habits of thought. And instead you would sit with a piece of paper or on your computer, however you want to do this, and you would write out what you're bringing to this project. And, you know, sometimes that's just like, hey, I always show up on time. I'm very dependable. I'm, you know, I'm not, you know, if you can't tell yourself that you're smart, maybe you can say I'm not completely stupid. You know, obviously I have this job. I'm smart enough to be here. Um, you know, I bring a lot of patience. I bring a different perspective. I might not have the the book learning this person has, but I have the life experience over here, which get, brings a different perspective. Uh, in your relationship, same thing. You know, you might look at your partner and think, oh, they're just, they're this, they're wonderful. They're on a pedestal, whatever. And you got to stop and go, well, what do you bring to the relationship? How how do you show up? What 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 things, what special, wonderful things are you bringing to the show? And, you know, you got many things to offer on many different levels. So I really, really make an exhaustive list of everything from, again, your honesty, you know, your word processing skills, your loyalty, like really think about everything uh, you bring to the table. Okay. And then, yeah, I want to say this here. Okay. And then, Look at where you're putting the control. So is it with your partner or friend to reassure you all the time? Is that who has the control of how you feel, of how secure you feel? Whenever you're looking outside for answers or to feel better about something, you are in a losing game. And instead, you know, you got to focus on what you can do in that moment to feel empowered or better about yourself. That's what I want you to do. In, again, insecurity, it's a habit of thought and you can break those habits by changing what you think about yourself or a situation, right? That's what you're doing. So whenever you're focused on what someone else should be doing so you can feel better, you gotta make it a habit to immediately ask yourself, what can I do to feel better? I can't rely on these other people. I have to rely on myself to feel better. This is about me. In the same way, 
you know, I, if you were like somehow really upset with, you know, your dead mother, your dead mother can't come and make you feel better. You would have to figure that out on your own. You would have to do that work. So it's the same thing, you know, just because the people are alive, maybe, or the situation's around. Again, whenever we put that, what we psychologists call locus of control, like where's the control, who's got it? Whenever we put that outside of ourselves, we end up depressed, pessimistic, resentful, angry, depressed, all the good things, right? All the terrible things. So you just got to stop doing it and notice your language. I used to be the blame queen. That's how I was raised. You know, every, there's always someone to blame for something. You're always looking for someone to blame. And over the years, I've worked so hard on this to, to keep taking responsibility for myself and what I'm doing. It doesn't mean that I wouldn't like people to act better or to, to her. It doesn't mean I don't work on things, but it does mean that I really pay attention, right, to what I'm doing. Okay. <sighs> And let's do the last one, probably the most important. Well, they're all really important, right? And that's to, the last habit is to make a habit of holding your boundaries so you can learn to trust yourself. That's really what you're doing and why you're holding the boundaries. But you have to have a habit of holding boundaries because I said it before, the real real reason you feel in, you feel insecure or threatened, right, is because I think the real reason you feel threatened at any time or insecure is because you don't trust yourself to hold your boundaries. I know. So hear me out right now. You're like, oh, Abby, stop. I want you to hear me out. It's sure. It is nice. <laughs> I love focusing on the other person as the reason for my misery. I, I love it. But what threat does someone else really pose if I'm confident and clear in myself and my boundaries and I'm holding them? So let's talk about this. So, because I know, I know some of you are shaking your head right now. So let let's say, and this just came up in an email someone sent me that you know you're. Let's say you're acting jealous with your partner because you're worried someone will, in the words this woman used, with someone would steal him, or that she'd be taken advantage of. And I know there's men out there too, and I'm using a lot of female examples. Uh, but here, stick with me. You men don't write in enough. If you wrote in, I'd use you more. Um, <laughs> so. Oh, and let me just get rid of the steal them thing. First of all, no one can steal your person. No one can steal your man. No one can steal your woman. You got to stop with that. You're you're fabulous. You're amazing. You're worthy. I adore you. And I say, if your partner can be quote unquote stolen, then you weren't, they weren't the person for you anyway, because fabulous, amazing, and worthy people don't act that way. That's not how it works. You know, that's not how it is. But, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to focus there right now. The The real issue is this. You're jealous, you know, with that jealousy. I'm going to get taken advantage of. I hear that all the time. What, what about that? What are your standards and what are your boundaries around those standards? That's what you should be asking yourself. No one can take advantage of you. Like, what does that even mean? So yeah, maybe someone cheats on you and you don't find out for a while. Okay, move on. That wasn't the person for you. And I'm not trying to be flippant or what, you know, I'm really not. And I'm not saying it doesn't hurt. I've been cheated on. It hurts. I get it. And, oh, well, it's not, I'm not a fool. I'm not, you know, people get worried about their egos. Let go of that shit. I'm serious. I can't stand hearing about that anymore on some level, I say with love, <laughs> like, People will think, so friggin' what? It is none of your business what people think about you. Stop already. You make yourself miserable because you're so worried about what other people think. And yes, I did an episode on that. <laughs> but 
I really need you to think about this. What are your standards and what are your boundaries around those standards? So I'm trying, I'm going to give you a good example. Let me think for a minute. Okay. So I had, all right. So I, I had someone recently who's, uh, 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 a, a husband, here's a, a guy I was working with, a husband who, whose wife he believed was alcoholic. He was, you know, she and she had been in and out of rehabs and there's some other stuff. And he was very focused on her not drinking, right? And I said to him, well, you know, and, and like, is she sneaking it? Is she not? You know, when is she drinking? He was just all about the drinking. And I said to him, you know, the drinking isn't the problem. The problem is how you're being treated when she drinks, Right. And he said, and he actually said to me, he goes, well, actually lately, you know, she has been going to meetings and she's been doing some works with her therapist and she's actually been treating me really well. And I said to him, then why do you care if she's drinking or not? Like, why are you going after that? If you're being treated well, why are you focused on the drinking? And he was taken aback for a minute. He was like, well, cause, cause then later bad thing. I'm like, but bad things aren't happening later, right? This minute today in your relationship, how are you and your wife getting along? And he said, well, we're actually doing really well. And I said, okay, so she's treating you. What are your standards? We had done that, you know, together with love and respect. She's shows up on time when she says she's going to, you know, the things that were important to him. And he said, well, yeah. And he, and he started to go, but I'm like, no, but no, but just focus that that's today. And by the way, as he started acting less suspicious and less nutty with her, they started to get closer. And guess what? One of the best things is to not drink, <laughs> feeling loved and accepted. It, it's like, again, this weird self-fulfilling prophecy. Like you get so anxious about what could happen and you, uh, and then you're worried about the drinking and you're after, 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 and then she finally drinks and you're like, see, but if you could have just been in the moments with how well think, how good things are right now. And I, and I had to say this to him. I said, God forbid you got hit by a bus tomorrow, right? Your last thoughts were your, with your wife, who was being loving, was suspicion about a future event that could happen. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? You gotta focus in the present. And I would say the same with being jealous. I had someone write in the other day who has a long distance relationship, and she's like, "Well, he's going. He has a lot of, of female friends, and he's, you know, and I, I'm not there, and he's always going out to dinner with them and stuff, and I'm uncomfortable." And I said, "Well, all right." I said, "Well, how is he treating you?" And, and she was sort of taken aback. And I said, how is he treating you? Does he not call when he says he's going to? Is, is he out with other women when he says he's going to call? Like, well, I'm, I'm missing where these other women come into play. And, you know, sure enough, I'm talking to her. And she's like, well, no, we get along really great. Actually, the only thing we fight about is this. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? So he was showing up for everything. They were visiting each other once a month. What, I said, when you were there, did you see anything suspicious? And she's like, well, no, but I don't know any guy who has this many female friends. And I'm just like, I don't know what to say to you. If this is really the big problem, that's a problem. If you're being treated well, you're a person's there with respect, and you're just worried about what could happen, what are you doing? Be happy in your moment. And again, when, when your partner is feeling your love and your adoration, and they're getting all the things they need from you, guess what? They're probably less likely to go be with someone else. And I said to her, at the end of the day, if God forbid you do find out he was cheating, right? Let's say you find out. What will that mean to you? Like, is that just a breakup thing? Is that, 
you know, and she and she said, well, I'd feel like a fool when I went to visit. They'd all be laughing behind my back. And again, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is what you're worried about. You're so worried about other people who can't you don't even know these people who cares what they think about you. Get past it already. Stop. If this is your guy and he's showing up, great. If you get there and you find out he has been sleeping with someone else, then you know your next move, I guess. Is that a deal breaker? It it because not for everybody it's not. And don't judge it if someone, if it's not a deal breaker, but you have to just find a place. Are you okay with it or not? Do you feel like um, I don't know, did it happen once? I, you know, there's a million things, right? It's just like we get so caught up in what it's all going to mean and what it's all going to do when we don't really know. Now, if you say to your person, like, I really need to know that you're being uh, sexually, um, you know, monogamous, if that you're being fully monogamous to me sexually, um, you know, maybe you don't use condoms or something, you know, and I, whatever that, you know, yeah, you're allowed to ask for that. And again, hopefully that's happening, but you have to trust at some point. And usually we do that by under, like seeing how people treat us. If you don't trust, then you got to end it. I'm not sure what to say. Your trust, again, that's the insecurity. You're not going to have more trust just because he stops, you know, because um, I told, you know what I said to her? I go, let's say he tells you tomorrow he's not having dinner with any more of these women. Would you believe him? And she thought for a minute and she started to laugh. She said, oh my God, I don't think I would. I think I think I would be trying to check to see if he, you know, who was there, if he says he was going out, you know. And I said, see? I said, it's not, the trust is that your problem. That's your thing with trusting someone else. And I'm not saying that a partner couldn't fan the flames of, you know, distrust. I understand that that can happen. But again, that's your boundary. Are you being treated well? If you have a partner who's constantly talking about, let's say, other women and how great they look, and I wish you could look like that, personally, I would not put up with that. That would not be cool with me. So that would be a deal breaker. That's not respectful as far as I'm concerned. But you might be fine with that. But again, if you're signing on to the relationship and this is how they act, then you either have to accept it or go or again, or draw the boundary and say, hey, this is really hurting my feelings. You might not realize that, you know, use your I feel statement. I feel anxious and insecure when you talk about other women and compare me to them. And I need you not to do that anymore. And guess what? Sometimes people just don't realize that it's so upsetting to you and they'll stop or they won't, and you'll start to realize that you have a partner who doesn't, you know, really respect you in the way you want to be respected, and they're not holding the boundary with you. And so, again, you, you got to just really massage this a little bit. You have to really think this through a little bit. How are you being treated? What's showing up? What's not showing up? You know, when someone isn't respecting our boundaries, I get it. It's easy to feel insecure and to blame them. But it's your job to know your boundaries and to have responses at the ready if they're not met. Okay, that's your job. Uh, I just had this the other day. I had someone who's feeling really insecure with her boss. And, you know, and I was saying, well, why? And she said, well, he's always interrupting me. Um, You know, if I ever share an idea, he's constantly talking over me. He often is kind of condescending when I do get a word in. He sort of dismisses my ideas and he, it's a very condescending way. And, you know, she started to feel really insecure at her job. You can imagine, right? That doesn't feel good. And I said to her, it's not, it's again, not your boss. It's you not holding your boundary around your standards. And so we talked and, you know, she had a standard of being treated with respect. And I said, okay, is this, are these behaviors respectful to you? She said, no. And I said, well, what are you going to do? 
And she's like, well, I might lose my job. I might this, I might that. I'm like, oh, that's all the future stuff. We have no idea of any of this. Where do you start? You got to try something, you know? And she ended up uh, telling her boss that she found the interrupting disrespectful, you know? And she did it all in a really good way. You know, we practiced together and she said, hey, you know, do you have a few moments to talk? And he's like, it's at two o'clock. And she went at two o'clock and, you know, and she said, "I'm, you know, I'm sharing something. I'd like you to listen first. Please don't say anything before you respond. It's really important to me that I say this to you. And, you know, I'm a little anxious talking to you about this. And I, I'm, but I'm really, and she used some of my other tools, you know, I am really uh, here with a very positive expectation that we're both going to walk away feeling better about our work relationship with this conversation. So, you know, I'm just here for us to really have a great conversation about this. And then she told him, like, I'm not sure if you're aware. Um, it For me, it seems like you interrupt me a lot and that you're very dismissive of my ideas and it feels condescending. And she said, do you think my ideas are stupid a lot? Like, is that something you think I need? To, and she, I said to her, you need to know that. If that's the truth, then you need to know. And of course, he had no idea. He just was like, you know, he has his own ego, his own issues. And he did get very defensive with her at first. But again, she just kept practicing the tools and she's like, nope, I, you know, it feels like you're getting defensive. I'm just trying for us to get to a better place together. So let's keep talking about this. You know, and she really hung in there and did a great job and they actually made some headway. And yes, it came up again. Of course it did. He's not perfect. He didn't suddenly stop doing these things, but she said it was kind of funny in a couple of meetings, he caught himself doing it. And uh, another time she just called him out for it after after a meeting. She didn't try to embarrass him in front of everybody. You know, she sort of went after and she goes, you know, when you said this, I had this response. I know you're working on this, but I really need you to keep trying. And, you know, and she said, is there anything I could do better to help, you know, with how we're interacting? You know, it, it really saw it as a team thing. And she really got somewhere. It was wonderful. And she started feeling more secure <laughs> with him. And frankly, he started feeling more secure with her. Her boss started feeling more secure with her because they had this better relationship where there was real communication. Um, I'm thinking, I have another client who was saying that when she takes time for herself, her partner uh, makes her feel guilty when she takes time for herself. And, you know, sometimes even calls her selfish or says like, you don't care about me. You'd rather be out with your friends or you'd rather go to, you know, yoga class than be with me. Does all this kind of stuff. So. And again, she wasn't holding her boundaries around her standards of how she should be treated in her relationship. And I said to her, you know, what's your standard? Mutual respect, autonomy, having your own life. And what was actually really funny is, is like, who's being insecure here, right? The partner is <laughs> like super insecure. But she started feeling insecure, you know, like worried and what's he thinking? And, uh, and she ended up sharing with him that when, that, you know, she really, enjoys spending time with her friends and that she needs to take time to spend to go to you know yoga class or pilates whatever it was and because it's an important part of her self care and you know that was something she has to focus on and that this has nothing to do with him nothing at all and that when she feels better when she is taking care of herself when she's happy and all those things that she feels better and is happier in the relationship and what she brought up, which I thought was brilliant, she said to him, you know, I was doing all these things when we met because you weren't in my life. So I was going out with friends and I was going to my classes and I was taking, and you were attracted to that. You loved, you used to talk about it. You loved that I had a full life. 
that, you know, I took such care of myself, that I had so much energy, that I was so happy, you know, I felt really happy all the time, that I was really there all the time. And now you're telling me to take away the things that made me that way. And this is what you liked. What has changed that you don't like this anymore? What's going on? And they really had some better conversations. She's like, you know, but and she but she was clear. I ha- I'm going to go to these things. I love you more when I'm loving myself, you know? And what's going on for you? How are you feeling? Where did this start? Because clearly when we were first together, it wasn't there. So when did this start? You know, what are you feeling right now about this? You know, again, in a loving way. And again, it was just really about her not taking it on and being really clear and staying loving with him, not being, you know, mad that he was upset or any of that. We tend to get, I talk about it a lot, we tend to get very mad when people don't respect our boundaries. And you don't need to, you can just hold the boundary. You don't have to be mad. That's not their job to hold your boundary. It's your job. So, well, okay. I was going to go somewhere else, but I'm going to go here. Let me, let me just give you a little warning. I feel like it's time for a, for a warning, <laughs> a public service announcement. Once you start setting healthy, loving boundaries, once you start practicing loving this, this is called loving detachment, you're going to get a lot of pushback from the people in your life because you're changing the rules on them. And they, they like it the other way. When you were overly focused on their needs instead of your own. Yeah, that's what they liked. Uh-huh. They like it when they get what they want. Who wouldn't? I would. I like it when I get what I want. I love to get what I want. But that this isn't cool. That's not what this is about. You're, and again, you know, first of all, I want you to expect it, that there's going to be some pushback and some discomfort on other levels. If you tell your boss, like, hey, I'm not working every night till midnight anymore. I can't do it. You know, there's going to probably be like, you know, a lot of times what happens is they'll say, oh, that's fine. I understand. And then they'll send you an email at midnight and the next morning ask why you didn't get back to them, you know. And again, you want to remind them of the boundary. You can't just say your boundary once and expect it to be better forever. It's not how it works. (sighs) Okay, I don't want to be frustrated with you because I love you. Look at me. I'm coming back. (sighs) I'm breathing. I just, I get a lot of emails from you. I have a lot of clients and I hear the same things a lot about these boundaries. And your job is to stay, is to stay clear, confident, and loving, even at work. I don't care where, with your parents, with your partner, with what you need and where you are, with what's going on. D- don't explain. Don't justify. That's not your job. And what could happen is that you might find yourself needing to make some big decisions, some some changes with your job, friends, family, and maybe even your partner. And that I think is often the fear for people. They are afraid of getting fired or they're afraid of of you know their partner leaving them or they're afraid that their mom will never talk to them again. And think of that, again, all this fear, you can't base relationships on fear. You are not gonna be happy in your life. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, how's that? You're not gonna be happy. And it's not productive, it's not good for them, it's not good for you, it's really bullying. It's like you're giving into bullying. It's a terrible thing. You, You have to let go of what you're sure the outcome will be. Even if you're sure like, well, they're just not going to listen and they're just going to keep acting the same. I've tried before, Abby. It's never worked. And I know you've tried before and you haven't stuck to it before. You just, it's not I've tried. If you had tried, you'd still be trying. 
You wouldn't even be listening. You'd still be trying and you'd be getting what you need because that's what happens over time. If you stick to something, things change. I'm telling you right now. But what happens is we tend to try things a couple times. It gets hard. We give up or we're super inconsistent. So people keep pushing the boundary and we're like, oh, it never works, you know? And you got to get out of that mindset. So you might have to make some changes and you might have to make some decisions. And, but leave that for later and do what you need to do now. Because in the end, if, if you can't count on yourself and you keep looking to them, you'll end up in fear-based emotions. You'll be insecure. You'll be resentful. You'll feel shame, anxiety, depression. I mean, it, it sucks. So, so that's really what I have to say today. <laughs> I, I want to wrap up. Okay, so I'm just going to remind you that no matter what else you do with your insecurity, it's not about what the other person is doing. It's about what you're doing. Do you trust you to take care of you? That's really it. It's not their job to take care of you. It's yours. It's very nice when they do. I love it. Don't get me wrong. And it doesn't mean I don't work on that in my relationships, but I don't put that on anyone else but me. You've got to trust yourself enough to know that you'll stand up for yourself You'll leave, you'll quit, what you'll change, whatever's needed in a situation if your boundaries aren't held consistently. You have to trust yourself that you'll do that. When you trust yourself, you really won't suffer from any insecurity. I'm telling you, it's going to go away. You're secure because you know that you're there for you. That's what happens. And at the end of the day, remember that whether you feel insecure or not is really going to come down to your present habits of thought, what you're doing. So I want you to practice these four habits. I want you to just pick one and really focus on it and use you know, your insecurity maybe as kind of a central point of that. You can do that all the time. And again, I would really, really please, now we're at the end, stop listening soon and go and send me an email, abby at abbymedcalf.com or go to my website to the contact page and tell me how you found the podcast. Was it word of mouth? Was it, you know, on another platform? Was it social media? Again, try to be specific. Was it a friend? Were you a client? I don't know. Um, I, I haven't had hundreds of thousands of clients around the world. So I, <laughs> so I don't think that's it, but it could be. Whatever it is, please let me know um, so I can start to really have a better idea of how to reach more people, how to reach you better, all that. And as always, if you have a topic for a future podcast, please, please also put that in the email. I'd love to hear if there's something else you want to hear about, um, know about, and you can always send me a question. <sighs> I hope I wasn't yelling at you today. I love you. I didn't mean to yell. <laughs> it, it's, it's like, it's my controlling craziness. I'm aware. I'm, I'm taking a breath. I don't need to control you. I love you. It is not my job to do that. And I, I want to be here for you. And I want to speak the truth, my truth for you. And I want you to let you know that I'm here and I'm going to keep being here. I've been consistent for three and a half years now in this podcast. I'm going to keep being that way. I'm going to keep bringing you things that I think are going to help you change your life and really feel good. So have a wonderful week knowing how much I love you. I really, really do. I'm feeling it. I'm here with you. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from 
any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.